Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostics industry. My name is Omar Ford, and I'm the managing editor of MDDI, an online publication owned by Informa. On this episode of Let's Talk MedTech, we're going to be speaking with Anthony Fernando, the president and CEO of Ascensa Surgical. Now, Ascensus was once known as Transenterics, and recently the company went through a name change and a philosophy change. We're going to be speaking with Anthony about the name change and how it reflects the company's broader vision of shaping the future of surgery by integrating computer vision and machine learning with surgical robotics. We're also going to be talking about the surgical robotics space and how it's changed in recent months. Now we've seen Medtronic's solution, and we've got a glimpse at Johnson & Johnson's uh, uh, solution through Verb. It's going to be an awesome discussion. So without further ado, here we go. Hello, Anthony, and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech. Appreciate you stopping by. Thanks, Omar. Glad, glad to be here. Well, want to talk a little bit about the recent transformation of Transenterics to Ascension Surgical. And I've been covering Transenterics for a couple of years now, but want to get an understanding of what prompted this change in name. And is it just a change in name only? Are you moving to a different philosophy for the company, so to speak? Yeah, so I think the name change, Omar, is, is a result of all the, the category work that we've done uh, because we've been looking at the market and, and as you know, uh, we are the only other player uh, with an approved uh, robot. Uh, and we realized that we've been uh, being categorized as a robotics company. Uh, and, and that draws a different set of attention uh, through customers and, and also some of the hospital administrators. So we really wanted to differentiate ourselves and create uh, our own category, uh, which we've done. Uh, uh, by, you know, so we created this category called digital laparoscopy. Mm -hmm. uh, we were very successful in driving adoption under that category. It doesn't have the word robotics in it, uh, but we leverage robotics technology. So then since in 2018, we acquired a company out of Israel called MST Technology, uh, which, has, uh, all, which had augmented intelligence and machine learning capabilities. And this was real-time intraoperative technologies. So we were bringing that into digital laparoscopy and even elevating the game in terms of surgical outcomes and helping surgeons uh, perform a better surgery by reducing the cognitive load. So we kept on bringing technology, and I kind of felt that uh, you know mid last year that we were not getting the recognition that we really deserve for having these uh, technology and advances in technology and continuing to move uh, the boundaries of uh, technology in, in surgery. So that was the catalyst for, uh, you know, thinking about how do we rebrand the company. So we came up with a new category called performance guided surgery. And in order to bring that to life, we said, okay, let's do the, uh, you know, let's do a, take a holistic approach we have a new category, let's rebrand the company and reposition the company at the same time uh, as you know, formally moving from being a robotics technology company to a more of a digital surgery uh, platform company. 
Well, now, a, a lot has happened over the last few months in the surgical robotics space, and it, it seems as if a, a census is kind of a census is kind of uh, um, uh, I don't want to say finding its way, but is perhaps trying to kind of redefine itself. Uh, when you look at uh, the companies that have made strides lately, such as Medtronic and uh, Johnson and Johnson through Verb, uh, does this kind of add the, the does this kind of add more competition to you all? Um, what's the thinking as we're seeing the market kind of evolve and expand yeah. with bigger players? Yeah, Omar. So I think the question there is currently, you know, like I said, there's only really two players in the market. Intuitive mm -hmm. is one. And after 20 years on the market, they have less than 5% market share. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we've now been on the market for about, you know, a little over two years, maybe going on three years now. And and we are getting we are getting gaining traction, right? We are increasing procedures year after year. We are placing more systems year after year. So we are gaining traction. So there's plenty of room in the market. You know, all these other big players. Yesterday's uh, talk of them entering the market sometime in the future, but that's to be determined when that's going to happen, right? It's probably going to be several years out uh, before they come to the market. And even if they do when they do, uh, I think there's plenty of space in the market. So uh, we are going, I mean, we are trying to all work in the surgical uh, ecosystem. Mm -hmm. uh, but our focus initially, our, our current focus is really around laparoscopy. Because the laparoscopic surgeons in the world have not had any innovation to advance their technique further. So we cater directly to them right now. We cater to the laparoscopically trained surgeon and give them tools to do their job better and, and for them to have less physical and cognitive fatigue after performing uh, this very challenging uh, surgery. So that's really our, our focus. And, and uh, you know, this, it's somewhat differentiated than what exists today in terms of robotics and and I, I believe also what's to come we will see when they bring it out but uh, we we feel that we are in our own own lane uh, focusing on the laparoscopic surgeons right now i want to talk a little bit about uh the space in terms of how it's been impacted by uh covid-19 and the pandemic and wondering if you could share any thoughts on perhaps how this is uh, affected a census and or if you've seen any uh, marginal impact at all? Yeah, so obviously we've uh, been impacted. Uh, you know, probably Q2 uh, was Q2 of last year was the worst quarter. Mm -hmm. Then we started seeing a slight turnaround in Q3 and then Q4, uh, that momentum uh, continued. And uh, if I look at the, the entire year of 2020 compared to the prior year, our procedures were down uh, approximately 10% mm -hmm. over prior year. Um, and, and going into this year, I don't think we are out of the woods yet. Uh, we are seeing, uh, we are continuing to see impact. Some of the 
restrictions uh, still remain in Western Europe uh, and also in, in the Asia Pacific region in Japan, the state of emergency is still intact for another week. Uh, so all of those are impacting, but we are not, we've not gone down to zero. In Q2, we did go to near zero uh, in terms of cases, but now we, we, did, we do see a comeback and, and, and I'm, I'm very hopeful that things are only going to improve from here. Sure, sure. I want to talk a little bit um, about your technology, about the, the Sennheims, and just talk about the platform. And we hear about the DaVinci all the time. It's almost a, a household name, but I feel as if other technologies, we don't really hear too much about them. And I think in order to have an impact, you have to kind of counter that. And I'll use this example. Uh, for a while, everyone thought smartphones, you know, smartphone was iPhone, you know, when they first came out because Apple had kind of, con you know, conquered the market. So iPhone was generically used. So I almost feel as if you have that kind of situation with Intuitive and DaVinci. Uh, do you see that? And if you do, how do you overcome or how do you deal with, with that, that name recognition? Yeah, no, it's awesome question. I mean, I, I've thought about that a lot. So I think that's the very reason why we have been, you know, really focusing on creating our own category and mm -hmm. to make sure that the category we create does not have the word robot in it. Gotcha. Uh, you're, you're right to say that whenever anybody says robotic surgery, the first thing that comes to mind, which is Da Vinci, I mean, they've done a great job in, in creating the market and they're a very successful business. That's great. So now there's other technologies that can also uh, help surgeons perform good surgery. So that's why we are really, with Senhance, we are really pushing uh, on uh, creating the category that we created called digital laparoscopy. Uh, yes, it's a surgical device. Yes, it uses robotics technology. And now we are taking digital laparoscopy and continuing to build it with the added performance guided features. So I think it's a matter of time. And, and, uh, and, and that's something that we are you know, very uh, actively working on to, to try to build that brand awareness as we develop the market, get more publications, get more evidence and get more installations, more cases. So it's, it's on the growing uh, trajectory uh, now as we embark on this uh, new branding as well. Sure. And let's go back to the Ascensus name for a second. Um, you know, where did that come from? Um, I, I saw in the release when you were first talking about it that uh, it was a Latin, it was a Latin word, but can you kind of go into that and, and talk about what sure. census means? Yeah. So great. So I think what we wanted was we, we wanted a, a name that represented what we as a team believed in. And, and we really believed in delivering surgery by elevating knowledge uh, and, and wisdom. That, that was what we really, so we were looking for a name that spoke to that. And then the word census uh, came in uh, to play because census is about, is Latin for, for knowledge and, and uh, uh, being able to uh, sense and, and expand your knowledge. And then we said, okay, how do you ascend that? So that's kind of the genesis of uh, a census is really trying to create 
surgical technologies that elevate the knowledge of of surgeons and and take surgery to the next level that's that's how uh, we thought about uh, this name and that was uh, part of uh, uh, the creation of a census sure and it gives you a uh, it, it gives you a fresh start in a sense too and i know you commented on this earlier but it really gives you a fresh start and you're you know transenterics uh carries some history and some legacy uh, uh, with it, but in a sense, you you got the best of both worlds. You're going to have new branding, but you're going to have some some of that Transenterics legacy that establishes you as a strong and reputable uh, company. Uh, but you're you're in a just a brand new territory, so to speak. Yeah, that's correct. Because I mean, the legacy, you know, has some good value to it. I mean, we have a great team, uh, global team. And we have a you know very robust product, so we are kind of leveraging the good bits from from the history and trying to layer in this new branding to really give a new beginning, and and also try to get the recognition uh, that we need because when you're trying to build a, a new a category, you want to build it on an, a nice clean foundation. So it it really. Uh, you know, place very well to that to to be able to start with a new name, new brand, and then we are also creating this new category on on top of the digital laparoscopy that we we've already established. So it's a it's a we are really excited and looking forward to uh, creating this uh, new brand, a census, and also uh, performance guided surgery. What an awesome conversation we're having with Anthony. But want to take just one moment to take a pause, take a quick break, and talk to you a little bit about MDDI. Um, are you digging this conversation so far? We know you are. Well, if you are, you're going to enjoy what we have on MDDI. And MDDI is a resource exclusively for original equipment manufacturers of medical devices and in vitro diagnostic products. The goal of MDDI is to help industry professionals develop, design, and manufacture medical products that comply with complex and demanding regulations and market requirements. So, Omar, you're asking, how do we find MDDI? How do we find this? Where is it at? Well, you can find it by going to MDDIonline.com. That's MDDIonline.com. You'll find lots of great content about the medical device and diagnostics industry. You'll see stories from yours truly. And of course, we also host this podcast so you can hear more of my voice. If you want to hear more of my voice, <laughs> just kidding. But it has awesome content about the medical device and diagnostic diagnostics industry, has awesome content about the very topic we're talking about now, surgical robotics lots of stuff, your one-stop destination to hear anything about the industry. So without further ado, we're going to go back to our conversation with Anthony. Do you think that other companies will kind of key into this category performance-guided surgery? Do you think competitors will kind of try and follow in your footsteps uh, with this category? I mean, I from looking at who the players are today, uh, I know there is a conversation about digital technology, uh, but most of the digital technology, Omar, I mean, especially when I'm, ta I'm talking about abdominal soft tissue surgery, mm -hmm. 
it's typically either pre-op or post-op. I'm not aware of anybody who's doing intra-op uh, digital uh, technology introduction. And we are currently the only company who provides intra-op. Uh, and again, you can have a standalone application, but without uh, the surgical tools and the robotic manipulation, the uh, value that you can harness is, is, is significantly reduced. So I think at the rate of uh, evolution of technology, you know, I, I, I think I'm sure that, you know, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the years to come and in the future, uh, there will be others who continue to, uh, you know, enter this uh, area of uh, performance-guided surgery. Uh, and I think it'll be a good thing uh, as, as we see more, you know, try, trying to build build on the performance-guided surgery and, and the digital space uh, over time. Sure, sure. If you had to look five years out or maybe 10 years out, and I know COVID is the big whammy that kind of uh, clouds that vision a little bit, but where do you see uh, a sense of surgical and where do you see uh, this market? I don't want to say surgical robotics because I know yeah. you're kind of getting yeah. away from that. But where do you see the market? Five I mean, from now? yeah, Obas, I think that there's a market has tremendous potential for growth. Mm -hmm. uh, again, like I said, only five, less than five percent of surgeries globally are done robotically mm -hmm. using techno robotic technology. And cost is one of the key factors that is getting in the way of uh, further penetration. Mm -hmm. So the technologies that we are offering address the cost side of it as well. We are significantly lower in terms of per procedure cost uh, of surgery. So that is helping. So I, this, the market has huge potential to grow. And, you know, double digit CAGRs uh, over the next, you know, five, 10 years. And, and whether you ask a hospital administrator or a surgeon, no matter which part of the world you go and ask this question about what do you think a place for ro uh, robotic technology and digital surgery in the future? I mean, without any doubt, everybody agrees that it is going to be the future. So uh, there's definitely significant growth. And, and you know, five, 10 years out, we, uh, you know, our vision is to be the largest uh, and, and most prominent uh, surgical platform uh, leveraging digital technology uh, in, in, in the world. Yes, and you bring up a good point that I want to touch on a little bit um, with that. When you look at competition, when you look at intuitive surgical and you look at just the sheer cost to install and to maintain the technology, that is, that's a huge barrier that, that some uh, that some hospitals and, and that some healthcare facilities and organizations just aren't ready to absorb, but they desperately need uh, some sort of solution. And it, it seems as if a sense of surgical kind of uh, fits that need or, or fits that bill in a sense. Yeah, so in 2020, uh, when we moved into more of a market development phase, we came up with this business model uh, for offering an operating lease so that the hospitals can adopt systems faster. So 
as a result, just due, even despite a pandemic, we were able to lease out uh, 10 systems in 2020. So that, that so now we know from the different geographies what the appetite is from different customers and, and how they differentiate between paying for capital and being able to use it, use a system on a operating leasing model. So that's one. And, you know, even if some of the hospitals in different geographies have the capital to deploy, they, I think there's a huge, they place a very high value on operating expenses. So the procedure cost also weighs in significantly. And, and yes, there's technology angle, Omar, but also I think you need to think about, uh, you know, for us, we are continuously thinking about the business model element as well, because there's huge opportunity to, uh, you know, alter the business model uh, to be more uh, attractive and appealing to uh, the healthcare systems. Sure, and, and with COVID-19 and everything geared towards moving patients away from hospital facilities, I assume that that could, you know, cause maybe a strain or maybe some trepidation about making a huge investment uh, 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 on technologies as well. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's proven itself, right? I think we are all over the world, we are straining the hospital systems because of the pandemic, but it's really getting the institutions to ask a lot of difficult questions saying, you know, how can we be different and how can we push more out to the day surgery centers uh, kind of setting uh, for certain type of care. And, and, you know, you need to be more appealing on the cost front in order to be successful in that space. So that that is a, a very interesting space for us uh, as well, given our cost profile. Sure. And let me ask you this question, you know, as, as the president and CEO of the company, um, how would you view this? How would you view your role as a president and CEO now during a pandemic uh, versus BC before COVID, um, how has your role kind of changed or has it changed? Am I reading too much into it? But but do you think your role has changed a little bit as a result uh, of the impacts from COVID-19? I think in, in healthcare, it's, uh, you know, leading a company in healthcare, whether there's a pandemic or not, I mean, you really focusing on uh the care side of things, right? It, the real focus is on, on patients and, and making sure we deliver uh, good outcomes. And I think uh, the only thing that the pandemic has done is more inward looking is, you know, we had to change how we work uh, and, and how we, we have a global team. Uh, and, and also now we have to look at the health and safety of our teams because they go into healthcare settings uh, to support our customers. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of amplified a little bit, the, you know, uh, as a company, our responsibility for of our team and making sure that they can operate uh, uh, in a safe manner uh, as they, you know, they travel very limited amount, but still that's, so that's kind of something added uh, thing that we continuously monitor for. But from a healthcare point of view, I think our focus has not changed. And even for me, that still remains the top a priority saying how can we provide better surgery better outcomes and and elevate the game to you know help patients uh, uh, with better surgery mm -hmm. 
Interesting. Interesting. Hey, uh, anything else coming down the pipeline or anything else that we can look forward to from a census in the near future? Yeah. So I think there are a few things like we've you know publicly stated uh, previously, there are several milestones that are coming up with we are expecting some uh, regulatory approvals, uh, some added uh, regulatory submissions, you know, with this intelligent surgical unit, that's that's our platform for augmented intelligence and machine learning. We, we are continuing to evolve that platform by adding apps to it so that there are more features added. So we are working on uh, making a, a, a second submission uh, to the FDA, uh, probably in the in the second quarter timeframe to add more features to it. So there we are going to continue to do that. We're continuing to innovate, add more features uh, to the platforms and also working through some regulatory uh, approvals in, in different uh, geographies. So definitely a lot more things to come as we uh, move forward this year. Sounds good. And Anthony, you'll have to come back when 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 there's more news. We've got to have you on again. Love talking to you. Thank you, Oba. I would love to be back as well. You know, a lot of uh, exciting things ahead. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you.